This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everyone and welcome back to the To Hull and Back podcast. It's me on hosting duties tonight and I'm joined by Will and Tom, proudly sponsored by Kingfisher Fishing Ships and Old Zoological Bar in Hull. Will, Tom, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing brilliant, mate. How are you? Glad, finally, glad we finally got rid of that waste of space, Nathaniel. Uh, he was he yeah, was uh, way too much. No, no not really. It's, it's, his, it's his 10th birthday, so we've let him... Uh, Go out I thought have nine. Extra... No, 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 no. He, he is ten. I've got to give him his credit. He's not that young. He's able to have uh, full faction of Coke now and go to bed at nine. Nathaniel uh, will be able to have a full pack of Mawams to wash down his Sunday roast and stay up for an extra half an hour tonight. Nathaniel, if you're watching, listing whatever, happy birthday. He's a mentalist. It's his birthday. <laughs> what is he doing on here? <laughs> Um, so yeah, one-one draw against West Brom. What are your thoughts? Right, I, I thought we played well. To be fair, like in terms of much improved from recent performances. Um, I felt we got at them. I felt the football was slick. We, we sort of mixed up as well. We was playing quite a few balls over the top, and obviously was playing quite short passes as well. I felt Ermers uh, um, was brilliant again. His touch is amazing. Um, and yeah, I thought it was like a solid performance, to be honest. Yeah, it was. It was two very solid championship teams clashing, cancelling one another out. Probably two sides who there's a good chance both of them will be in the playoffs come the end of the season if it, if they're both their forms carry on. Uh, West Brom felt fantastically well drilled. Knew exactly what they were doing. Their their defensive positioning and shape was superb. And City did struggle at times to get through it, but. 
there were chances for both sides, really. So, I mean, the woodwork was hit three times in total. I think the draw was probably about right overall. It's a shame that we took the lead and we didn't keep it and we give away a sloppy goal from a set piece, which is still a bit of an issue for City. But all in all, another good performance to carry on. Uh, I think if you'd have said before this week, you'll get four points from West Brom and Southampton, you'd have snapped your hand off for it. You'd have probably Absolutely. just maybe prepared it the other way around, maybe. Absolutely. I mean, Liam Rossini described it as a, as a playoff game, didn't he? And it very much had that feel to it of a of your typical playoff first leg where everything's sort of a little bit cagey, feeling each other out. And then the second leg goes on to be a bit more open as both teams really want to get to Wembley. And after this week and this run of form of, you know, I think we're, is it five unbeaten in six or something like that? Six unbeaten in seven, something like that? We're unbeaten um, in four. We're unbeaten in four. It's one loss now in seven. Either way, we're, we're, I think we're fed in the form table uh, of like the last six games because of that because of that draw. But in, it's a great run overall. It's just a shame that the Swansea game, probably one of the games you'd have thought would win, was probably the worst performance for a long while. It's the only blemish on that, isn't it? And you know, the t- I've got the table here in front of me. It's so tight. Every team down from... West Brom and us actually in the playoff spots at the minute, down to Cardiff in 14th, could realistically take a playoff spot. There's Norwich, Preston, Coventry, Sunderland, Watford, close to sacking another manager if reports are to be believed. Bristol City, Middlesbrough, who have played one game less, and Cardiff all in there, ranging between 52 and 44 points. It's it's tight as ever, and that's the challenge. I think it's like... I think in like recent weeks it's actually got like it's got the gap's got a little bit bigger. So I think before there was like four points separating like sixth to fourteenth, but now it's got a bit bigger, I think. Like I think uh middle's but like ten points behind us now or something. Or Sunderland now, I think. Sunderland are on forty seven, we're on fifty five. Yeah, Middlesbrough are behind us. Middlesbrough are on forty four, but have played one left game. If they win that game in hand. It's unlikely there'd be a 10-goal swing in goal difference in their favour over that one game. But if they win that game in hand and have that goal swing, they would jump up ahead of Sunderland into 10th. But like I say, it's unlikely that they'd have yeah. a 10-goal swing. As I agree. I think it's probably us, Norwich, Preston and Coventry and West Brom is that playoff push now. You might see maybe Sunderland if they can get their act together, although they lost on the weekend. Yeah, that's so maybe them. But I think I think you look when you look at the Watford, Bristol, Middlesbrough, Cardiff, maybe Plymouth as well. I think they're all teams that are in a position where their seasons maybe over, maybe uh, they're probably safe. Same with Blackburn and Swansea, and I think you're looking from Birmingham down after that for the relegation battle. But there's still plenty of teams with a lot to play for this season. Definitely. Definitely. And we'll come back to all of this later on, I'm sure. But Preston beat Coventry 3-0 on Friday night. And then coming up, we've got West Brom versus Coventry, Bristol City versus Cardiff and Norwich versus Sunderland in that cluster of the table that have got a chance at playoffs. The Bristol City and the Cardiff game is a little bit, it's a little bit out of that top nine and Sunderland have tailed off, haven't they? I think just briefly, 
Preston winning was probably a good thing, just purely because they've won by so many. It's helped because it's pushed Coventry's goal difference down. While Preston's is still, even with winning by three goals to nil, Preston's is still miles away from everyone else in the division. Uh, but it, it does set a, a nice little precedent for next weekend against Preston. But I mean, we'll get onto that later. Definitely will. Tom, do you think we can dream yet? Yeah, it's, it's, time, it's time to get you when we are tells books, I reckon now. Um, nah. well, to be fair, it's like it's just it's just so good to be in a position where we're actually chasing something because aside from the League One promotion season, we've not had anything to play for other than relegation for the past what seven years or something. I obviously got relegated from the Premier League in twenty seventeen, and from there we've been sort of low mid table championship, come out of part of League One, and then past two seasons been low, obviously low mid table championship. But so now we're finally. Fighting for the playoffs, it's exciting. So I think, yeah, go. On. I, I was gonna say, I, don't, I was gonna say, I think we'll get playoffs, but then I don't want to come back on this and be like, ah, oh, why did I say that? But yeah, we're in, we're in a great position. It is funny because the game as caught that that West Brom game came almost uh, sixteen years, I think it was, to the day that we played West Brom in the Championship in two thousand and eight. We went there and we won, uh, beat them there, and that was kind of the start of that. Uh, Dare to dream sort of belief back then. So it's funny how time-wise it's almost lined up perfectly. So it'd be nice if it was to be the similar scenario going into this yeah, season I, as well. The thing is, what I, what I like now is that like we saw like two different sides of games. So obviously on um, against Southampton midweek, we was able to play like on the counter, like quick in transition, breaking. Obviously, we liked it when the team came on to us for once, and um, we pressed them high. Um, so because obviously give us more space. Whereas against West Brom, it was a different test because there was more obviously resilient in the shape. They didn't really move out of the shape as well, and and they didn't. So, so they, sometimes they're triggering a press, but other times they're just sitting. So obviously they were sort of asking us to sort of break them down, and I think it was a tough challenge. Um, I think you, it, West Brom are a team you don't like to play against because of just how organised they are. But I felt like we did well to sort of play through their obviously their midfield and we got in, ourselves in slight promising positions and um, obviously that obviously for the first goal with a corner and then obviously Carvalho scores that, that scream but um, with Carvalho it's like I think he's finally sort of getting into the groove now in the City shot. I know he scored mm. against Sunderland and I'd say he wasn't performing too well but the past two games has been brilliant um, and we're seeing the class that obviously uh, saw Liverpool by him a, a couple of years ago but he's that sort of big game player where he can come up with them big game moments and, and exactly that's exactly what he did against West Brom. Yeah, definitely. It, definitely. It, it, was one of, it was one of those games where I know everyone will have gone into it. And I did as well. I was hoping would be it would be similar to the Southampton game because you're hoping we are so good attacking and pressing. But West Brom are the sort of side that are going to play that ball and let you like press them as well. So it was always going to be a trickier game. I was surprised that the, the team was the same. I thought he might Liam might have twisted and gone for the striker instead. You know, instead of pick, keeping the same attack, but. I think the attack did all right with what it did. Maybe it could have it could have done with someone like Connolly earlier or I know Ohio wasn't on the end of the squad at all. I'm not sure why at this point, but I mean, Liam will have his reasons. But it would have been nice to see someone maybe bigger to sort of deal with the defence because we did put a lot of crosses into their box. Problem is we had players like Zerowry, uh, Carvalho and Connolly in there against players like Kipre who were all about four feet higher than them. So it was going to be hard to win an actual battle in the air against them. This... Yeah, they're giants, aren't they? The West Brom, like, oh, but, like, um, I felt that 
when Aymer and Carvalho got the ball, they actually protected it quite well, though. Like, there was a time oh, yeah. where, like, on, on the ground, it was the pair. Yeah. But the thing is, like, when they got the ball, and Ki- obviously Kipper is coming into the back of Carvalho, I'm thinking he's going to lose it, but he managed to keep it, wriggle out a tight mm. situation, and pass it back to Coyle. And I was sort of impressed with how, how, how well he kept the ball in tight spaces. Same with Aymer as well, like, the way he sort of glides across the pitch, collects that ball, just just reminds me of Bernardo Silva, really, just like the way he <laughs> picks up that ball. Yeah. And they surprised me starting the game, actually. I thought he might have been the one that dropped out because apparently his fitness isn't full. But I can't see where his issues with fitness are because he looks like he just runs everywhere and he looks fantastic. He does. Don't give away the ball, does he? Yeah, don't give away the ball. I really, really like Abdush. I think, um, obviously, Liam Delap's been, uh, been mentioned there. It was nice to see him before the game. Actually, it was really, really nice to. He would have been. He would have been perfect for that game. I think he would. I, I, I said in my video that because Ohio's meant to be our last replacement mould of a striker, isn't he? And I think that game would have been perfect for Ohio because he's taller and a bit more physical than Connolly, but he's also from what we in the in the limited minutes he's had so far, we've seen that he's. He's, he's got a bit about him, we think. And I've seen people criticising the performance of Connolly. And I want to know what you two think of this, really. And people watching live as well, feel free to chip in. It's it's strange to see, because I've seen people criticising Connolly, saying he hasn't done a lot, when, for me, it wasn't really the right game to bring him into. Because you look yeah, at him... He didn't he, get much of the ball in the first place, to be fair. You look at who he's up against, though. He's up against... Semi Ajay gets brought on. Eric Peters, who's always been physical. And Cedric Kipper, all of whom who are Kipper might be the best one of the, he's one of the best centre backs in the division, I think, personally. I I wouldn't say I wouldn't say no to that. Not the best, but well, that's obviously Jacob Greaves. But uh, he's one oh, of I was gonna go Alfie Jones, but good shout with Greaves. That, that's one and two. Definitely. Definitely. Um, but no, I, I thought it was the wrong game to bring to bring Conley into because we weren't trying that ball over the top very often, which with their high line, yeah. we tried that ball, it would have been perfect for Conley. But because we weren't trying it, it was going to be a tough game for him to come into when he's up against these such physical, you know, really broad, tall centre-halves. And then... Billy Sharp, I made the point the other day uh, on here about Billy Sharp and when he was up against Shane Duffy against Norwich and how that game didn't really play into his favour. I think this game would have been perfect for Ohio. He was fit, came in early with the team, all that kind of thing, but just just wasn't picked. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't understand it, but it's because I felt like, obviously, like you say, you have to play the ball over the top if you're going to get the best out of Connolly. We've seen some of his best moments this season come from when you're playing the ball over the top. He's not good when he's ball to feet back back against the defender. He, he's not got that strength to hold up the ball and he could just lose it as well quite easily. Whereas obviously Ohio, his strength is actually obviously backing into a defender yeah. and playing on the half turn and, and stretching it. Obviously that's the same with the lap as well. Like if we had the lap in that game, like Will said, completely different game, I think. So he gives you that extra option to get in behind. Um, and it and it sort of you drag defenders out of positions into positions they don't want to go, and then that opens up space like like Carvalho's and Murray to you know get get shots off. But yeah, that, yeah, that, that was that was probably the only criticism really. That was the thing because yeah. they weren't really playing a high line. You had to drag 
those defenders out of positions to create space instead of having the space behind them. So it was one of those games where I think even that might have had a bit, but he has more physicality about him. He was probably more likely to have maybe won the ball if he had got it in that position. So it would have been interesting, but say West Brom are one of the most well-drilled and best organised sides in the division. And that's yeah, they, I think they've kept the... Yeah, always been good at that thing. I think they've kept the club most clean sheets, so that just obviously speaks volumes of how good they are defensively. So, hmm. yeah. I thought Alex Palmer was really, really good for them in goal as well. Yeah, thought he was. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say his, his, I won't say his distribution was good, but his shots no. was amazing. Yeah. yeah, a bit like Johansson at Rotherham. Yeah, oh, he's he's too good for that team. He's way too good for that team. He'll he'll be he'll stay championship mm-hmm. when they get get relegated. He should. He should. Some be. championship club will come. A championship in need of a goalkeeper would be stupid not to go to, for Victor Hansen, but I do get the feeling Matt Ingram is also going to be on the market, which is... Oh, I think a, a few lot. teams will be after him. I think because Matt Ingram's always been a decent, a decent shot stopper, but it's just his distribution as well, like the others. He's not the best. There's plenty of teams in the championship who don't play that way, and they'll be happy to have a person who's just a good shot stopper. Speaking you know, um, so I was, was going to go on to also. Yep. Speaking of goalkeepers, yeah. looking at their goal, and we'll come back to ours after this. Were you going to say also, Tom? I was oh, going to say. I was just going to say. I was going to just say. I'm going to a debate about Allsop's distribution, but we'll speak about the goal first, and then we'll go yeah. to that. Because yeah. people were. Livid. Oh, so what? it's 41st minute. Why are you making a pass like that? Just get it up the pitch. Get it into half-time. We should be happy in this stand now. And there's a comment on YouTube from Kieran. Panda should be given his chance. It's an interesting debate. I do think we'll see Panda quite soon. I think we'll see him in the very near future. But I don't think it'll be because Alsop's not playing well. Because he's probably playing at his best that he's played since he got here. Over the last few games, overall, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's two things for the goal there's the all sop distribution, that kind of thing, and then there's the defending set pieces. But we'll we'll talk about all sops distribution first. What, what, what do we think? It's mostly over, over, is, every now and then. Is it- yeah, is, is overall distribution or do you mean like the mistake? Like, Both. So I, I think I think people, because what Rossini said about Orsop when he came in, he was coming in to be this ball-playing keeper that, um, you know, was going to sort of take us to the next level. I felt like people have had like high expectations of him and expect him to be a robot, not make any mistakes at all. But the likelihood is, obviously, when you play this sort of play out the back system where you're passing it and passing it to defenders and, and stuff like that, you're going to make mistakes. And I think Orsop's obviously made a few mistakes this season. Um, you know, but it's, I do, I like him as a keeper. Um, but I think, yeah, like you say, it's, you've got that expectation of where you expect him to be better with the ball at his feet. Um, whether he's sort of hit that expectation, I'm not too sure. But um, yeah, he's, he's pretty, I think he's pretty good at distributing the ball, to be honest. But. Yeah, so when was the last time we actually conceded a goal due to him directly messing up? For the last one I can remember is probably QPR away. How, when he how was, long came out his block. December, like two months. Yeah. Two, two and a half months. So. Yeah. 
It's been a while, since, but everyone acts like he does it every week. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying he's perfect, but I think he's still he's a lot better than a lot of people give him credit for. Definitely. Yeah, I think I think sometimes maybe his long distribution's not good, but you're not gonna he's not a robot, he's not gonna get it right all the time. And and to be fair, the players he's got he's hitting the ball up to are exactly good at holding the ball if you in terms of when you've got centre backs backing in some ways, if you'd like a higher or the lap, we've seen it like he's got he's got that in his locker away, can knock the ball over the top. We saw him try to do it a lot of times. Like in the first half, Philogy, like from goal kicks you saw Philogy make that run from right to in and like he was trying to find him just over the top just to sort of give West Brom something more to think about. But that'll probably pay off eventually. It's just yeah. Goalkeepers are always in a position where the errors are more obvious because they don't have as many involvements in a game as the outfield players do. So whenever they do make a mistake, it's more obvious and they don't have as many chances to rectify it as, say, a midfielder giving the ball away or a defender you know, missing a tackle. Yeah, what, what do you think to the goal then? Like, because I'm, it's poor defending, but I don't know if you should say it. It, it takes a really awkward bounce. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one. I, it, you could do with a man on the line, but that's not really a thing that happens anymore, I suppose. So he's, he's, he's not he's, really have them on the line. I think he, when he's down, like going down, he's prepared for the ball to be going low to save it, and then it sort of just yeah. bounces if he goes over him. So I think it's harsh he to blame. He's really high up as well. Yeah. It's a very defending over all the spot. It does loop over him, doesn't it? And I think you can't. What we can't. What I mean, you can't criticize Allsop for that, obviously. When, like you say, Will, we, you and Tom said it as well. You're going to make mistakes playing this way. It's just you. Chances are you will misplace a pass at some point. It's going to happen. He, he got a bit lucky with the one where he gave it to Seri against Southampton, where where Seri had two on his back with hindsight. Yeah, he'd have thought, yeah, I should have just lumped that long. Yeah, but he's probably know. he's told to put it. I think it is frustrating sometimes when you know that the passing on and he still tries to play it. I think common sense should prevail and he should just play it long. But obviously, Rossini is the one that is telling him to to obviously play it out at all costs, and he will. Rossini is willing to take that obviously mistake on it on himself if like it goes wrong like he has before. Like, he's come out and said, look, this is the way we're playing, and that's that. I think you've just got to trust the process. And I think so far, Allsop has been an upgrade on Ingram and that's what we asked for and that's what we've got, I think. So, yeah. And put it this way, the process is working. Look where we were when Rossini took over and look at where we are now. If that's, yeah, not, think, if that's yeah. not a process bringing out results, what is? Yeah, I think I think some people do forget that sometimes, like where we are now. It's been massive progress in space of, what, a year, a year and two months, a year and three months since he's come to the club, so got to sort of look at that and just think look yeah we've brought in some good players yeah we've got arguably we've probably spent the top sort of top six if you know what I mean past few years top six budget so we expect to be there but it was always going to take quite a, we, we thought it probably would take longer than it has done because I think a lot of people this season were expecting like top 10 top 11 but now we're actually in the playoff mix it's like you know Maybe uh, maybe it's uh, like over expectations for some people, but I, I think uh, it's it's good where we are. <clears throat> certainly is, certainly is. Further on West Brom's goal, then we'll go back to ours. Set pieces. We scored one, and we failed to 
defend one. I know we've touched on it already, but should we do better to deny Dino Fairlong that chance? Yeah, probably should do, to be fair. I've not really looked it back looked it back, but I think was it Philogy marking him? I'm not I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know who's marking him. Like some, I don't, yeah, maybe well, that was a mistake. Do you question why is Jaden Philogy marking Dan or Furlong? Well, it depends who's marking who though, because I imagine the Giants are taking Kipra and Peters. Yeah, that's the thing. They, they've got so much. They've got, that's the thing with West Brom is, and it was it was thing that I was. I think that people had mentioned going into the game about West Brom's. Uh, they're, they're good at set. They've got a good advantage on set pieces against us because of their height, and I think it was just an example of that paying off because the Philogene against Fairlawn, there's, there's definitely a height disadvantage on Jaden's side. Yeah. Yeah. Someone said to me they've they've got a they've got one of these set piece guys, haven't they? We need one of them. Do you agree? I think it's, yeah. it's been football now. You get all these different like all these new ro- uh, uh, roles I, coming into I, play. Like I assume we have um, one because of the amount of shot corners we do. I don't, yeah. I don't think we have like a designated set piece coach. I just think someone more qualified in that area is probably like telling the players what to do. Whereas obviously teams like Aston Villa in the Premier League have like a designated set piece coach, don't they? And that's how they've had more success from set pieces. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. I guess, I guess like if you were in the Premier League, you'll have one of them like designated coaches, but in the Championship, I don't know if any teams do. But yeah. Speaking of the short corners, who says you can't score from them? We certainly <laughs> did. A lot of people, even though I think... Even though I think statistically you're more likely to have at least at least have a chance for a short corner than a normal one. But Nathaniel got his Cavalier yeah, definitely had a chance. Nathaniel got his numbers out last on a recent episode and proved that there that statistically you are more likely to score from a short corner than you are just whipping it straight in the area. That's where Carvalho's goal came from. What a strike. Which, to be fair, it did involve Cavalier himself whipping it into the area, but it went through the area and into the net. <laughs> good point. Very good point. Um, could Palmer have done better, Tom? That's, uh, top right corner. Power You've got to give credit to him. Uh, yeah, right. yeah. The pace on the ball just beats him for me. Yeah. And at, at that point, you can't blame the keeper. That's my. But then when you look at the, look at the sort of players we've got, though, you, you expect us to shoot more like in them positions. Like oh, yeah, sometimes we do get near the area. Zerori, Villagine. Earlier in the game, he had even reached a proper thunderbolt up, and it was directly at Palmer. If it had been to his left or right, he might have gone in. Because it's all of the rose head from Seri. It's all of the rose head from Seri. Has he got Always. a long shot on target this season? I don't he think he's got one. Put has he got just, a long shot on target? Wait, has he got one on target this season? Do you mean has he ever got a long shot on target? Apart from, no. Well, I'd say no, the, no, when no. He, when he, the goal is the first goal he scored, but that wasn't even on target. That was going that wide. Shot, that shot might have been on target, yeah. but it didn't. Go it to took a deflection, didn't it? Yeah. I was just, I was just thinking the script is the script is set for Sarah to score a screamer, but it wants to be. Sat in the stands, I was thinking exactly the same. As soon as the yeah, ball, when, he, when he got the ball, yeah. Seri's been, been on his sort of 
philosophy this week, hasn't he? He's been well, so he, and he had, his wel- he had his welcome, didn't he, as well when he got before pre match the that for Afghan. And it was nice to see the whole stadium there uh, clapping in, clapping him out. It was superb, and like he's been all, he's been saying all week that uh, you know that is talking about his experiences at Afcon and and all this kind of thing. He, he's brilliant to listen to. Is Mika any interview that's come out with him this week? I, mean, I would encourage absolutely. Yeah, did, you see, did, you, did you see one with Matt Dean where he said that it would be the best year of his life if forced to get promoted? Yeah, well. he, and that's yeah. that's the thing. Seri Seri believes that it can happen, and. Ian, yeah. there was a shot on target. Oh, yeah, there was. Yeah, wait, wait, chip, yeah, ch- chips it, yeah. Um, but no, so Mika's amazing that I got on the chip. Mika's just my favorite quote from Mika came out after my, my favorite quote from Mika came out after the match. It was when he was doing the uh, he was in the line after the game. This group has no, yeah, all kind of. We will go up because we have love, and love always wins, which is just... <laughs> I love that line. Yeah, Jaden Philogene got asked about um, a quote by an Instagram account earlier, and it was something like, you're st- like it's something along the lines of, you are, you are you, no one is like you, and that is your strength, or something like that. I'll... No, his response was just, I'm assuming, yeah. Yeah. He loves a quote, doesn't he? He loves a quote on Instagram, Instagram with his pillaging. He does. His own, his own favourite quote is, no one is you and that is your power. He was asked it by FC Quote, based in New York. Did they have anyway, a slow thing? Back onto, <laughs> onto Seri. Like we've said, his welcome was great. <laughs> we thought, well, me and Tom thought, it'd be written in the stars, for him to score a wildie, he'd get the hero's welcome, go and hug Liam Rossinha, all of that good stuff, we're going up. He's just class though, isn't he? Back To bring it back down to earth, he is just class, isn't he? Well, he just, yeah, he it's, it's, yeah. it's understated how much he offers to that midfield, I think. Well, he's, you only, you only realise what you're missing when he's gone. And that, when, when he was having, I mean, we had a couple of decent results, obviously we've had some good results about him playing, but when he actually does play, it's just, He's just calmness on the ball. Do you, do you, know, do you know what's like mad? Like when he's when he gets the ball on the pitch, he feels like he's got all the time in the world when he picks up that yeah. ball, like in midfield. Like it just, it just you don't feel like you don't feel hurried in possession or anything. Like he can play quick, but I feel like in terms of building up from the back, well, building up from defence, like he's just so crucial because there's no one in that squad that can do the role he can, and, and that's why I missed him a lot. But when yeah, like I felt like West Brom set off him a bit too much, to be fair, but. Um, I think obviously that was their plan to sit in, but you know, Semi's got that passing measure, short long, just 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 such a like great player. Like, it'll be interesting to see obviously once he does retire or leave the club where he ranks among all city midfielders ever. But I think he's close to the top right now, and that's before you know, he's only been here like a season and a half, so that's just testament to how good he, how good he is. I mean, in terms of purely ability, in terms of pure ability, he will be. Near the top of greatest yeah. city midfielders. I yeah. mean, obviously, it's more than that comes into it. But in terms of pure technique, he's up there. Him and Huddleston are up there, and then there's the there's the sort of game management of of Ashby and knowing when to put a hard tackle in and just being a leader. There's just yeah, the pure brilliant 
Bambi. We've had JJ Akocha play for I'll us. Play. In the greatest, really, is probably JJ in terms of pure technique. But obviously, he was it's a bit well, I mean, as we suggested in the press box the other day, maybe we should offer a short-term deal to Ronaldinho. <laughs> I hadn't put that in my notes to discuss, actually, but we'll chuck it in there now. Do you think Ronaldinho's coming to the Leicester game? If he's got any sense, he'll stay on Copacabana Beach and he won't come anywhere near Hull. But yeah, this I, is... I, I, I didn't realise that. So do I want to go to Copacabana... Or Wivensea. Hmm. Hesel Forshaw or Sao Paulo. Good question. Sao Paulo's in land, isn't it? But so it doesn't work, but whatever. Um Yeah, how it's just ridiculous, isn't it, that we're in this position where our chairman, our owner, is going on Sky Sports News and saying, Yeah, I've just played foot volleyball on a beach with Ronaldinho and he's gonna come and watch us play Birmingham in a few weeks. Yeah, just knocking him out with Kakao as well. Players like that. Class. Yeah, Obviously, Ronaldinho has way too much free time to be coming and watching Hull City. Because he must be bored to death if he's actually resorting to that. Right, what he wants to see for Lodine, doesn't he, lad? That, that's the thing. Yeah, get him in on a short-term contract, particularly if we get to the last like three or four games of the season and we know where we're going to finish. Screw it, bring him up, bring him into the into the team, just bring him on for a couple of games just to say he's played for us. They don't have to touch the ball. Yeah. He, would, he wouldn't even need to touch the ball from, from obviously him to be our best player of all the time. That's the thing. Just like, just from, yeah. In one spot. Yeah. He, he'd overtake there, How old is Ronaldinho? Eric is like 47. Eric is like 47 or something. But he's, he's definitely older than most footballers. He'll be in his early 40s, I think. 46. 43. Not as old as I thought. 21st of March, 1980. So by the time we get him on that short-term deal, he'll be 44. Possibly, yeah. He hasn't played for eight years, nine years, which could be an issue. And has since been to prison. Depart in prison FC to join all city. Come on. Actually speaking, just I know I don't want to keep it morbid, but how is Elias Chair still playing for QPR? Yeah, wasn't he wasn't he awarded a one year sentence with an extra year suspended in a Belgian court the other day? Yes, for doing something rather horrendous to a smashing uh, a truck driver's head with a rock. You didn't have to say it like, but yeah. Yeah, but that, I don't know enough about that to go into detail. But it does seem a bit weird. It does seem rather odd. QPR, which is very desperate at the bottom. You say that QPR have had good form recently. They're probably going to stay up now. Stoke have slipped into yeah. the bottom three this week, haven't they? Yes, they're, they're looking trouble. Them and Millwall's form have just dropped up. They've suddenly they've just suddenly appeared at the edge of the relegation zone. You're wondering what's going to happen. I bet Stephen Schumacher feels a bit stupid now, doesn't he, leaving Plymouth? He probably isn't feeling great, but he's probably getting paid more as well. And that's I was just, just going to say, I bet that's, that's the thing in, in, at the end of the day, a lot of, a lot of people involved in football, it's, it's about the money. Well, whatever it is for him, I don't know, but probably... Bringing it back round, <laughs> uh, bringing it back round to Seri then, 
two points I was going to make. The first, Enshep has put in chat. I think Seri, in the two games we've seen anyway, is unlocking more out of Carvalho because... Sarauri as well is one more from him. One, Seri is just that good. And two, I think because Carvalho and Seri know each other and Seri was a big part of... Hmm. you know, He took Carvalho under his wing when he broke through at Fulham and all that kind of thing. So they're, they're obviously very, very close. And I think that I think his presence back in the dressing room will have helped Cavalio behind the scenes. And he's just he's just brilliant. The second point I was going to make, I saw Bentoffs on Twitter, I believe still blocked by Nathaniel, made, made a good point no, uh, no. about Seri's you know, ability and his age. By the time his contract expires at the end of next season. I believe he's got an option, but I will just quickly double check. No, he does not. So, Seri's oh, contract oh, expires at the end of next season, no option. He'll be 34 by the time that contract expires. Bentos said, John Mikhail Seri will be 34 by the time his contract expires next summer. I genuinely don't think his increasing age will diminish his quality, effort or mobility like it has others. Keep him in the heart of our midfield until he's 40, I reckon. I mean, I'd love that. I would love can't that. argue with that. I don't see but it, but can't, I, yeah. I can see his wife finally convincing him to go back to Italy at some point. Like he was originally. Yeah, exactly. Nearly happened before. Yeah, nearly, nearly happened before so. Like he was meant to do, but. Yeah. He, yeah. And we love him. He's here and we love him. And as well. I'd like you say, well, I'd love us to keep Mika just forever. He, lo- he loves yeah. it here, though, doesn't he? Like, you can just tell he loves it here, but that's obviously if he takes us to the prime, it's just like it'd be brilliant, but just for him. Like, Huddleston had he oozed similar class in the midfield, didn't he? And his his return and the manner in which he left, we, you know, we the first time we'd been relegated and it was just a sort of mass exodus of anyone decent who wasn't Camille Grzycki, yeah. Michael Dawson, Alan McGregor or Abel Hernandez that summer and David Myler. But then when Huddleston came back, it was sort of, uh, it was, uh, you know, he'd come back on trial. We named a trialist for the first time in forever. And it, it was... It was it was this sort of homecoming, and you could tell in his first interview he was excited to to be it, and it just was never quite the same. It was when... never going to be the same, though, was it? He was a lot. He was he was he'd been a few years older. He was at the end of his career. It was it was it was always felt like it. It always felt like a signing that would be better for the other players than for him in terms of playing time. Better for other players to be around him than him getting regular game time. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Oh. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Then the, the circumstances in which he left as well were really, really frustrating. How Schotter said that he wouldn't be getting a new contract. Yeah, and like the he knew of it was seeing a tweet from... Hull City stats or Hull transfers or whoever it was on Twitter. And that was the way he found out. That was a really, really cruel way for it to end. And so not good, that. After the game, like waiting, waiting about afterwards and whatever, I'd gone, but a couple of minutes after I'd gone, Huddleston came out and people were asking him, Tom, the manager said that you're not going to be here next year. Is that is that true? And if it is, thank you for thank you for your last thank you for your last year or whatever. And he says, that's the first I've heard of it. So I think yeah, it's... I don't want that sort of thing to happen with Seri. Where I want it to, I, want I feel to... like that's a, that's that was an issue that came up under the Shotter regime. That I'm assuming I would hope that the club has learned from. Yeah, I want us to. I want us to know that it's going to be his last, so we can give him the send off that a player of his quality befits. If you get what I'm trying yeah. to say, he's... yeah. But... Look, what is thirty-two now, isn't he? It's thirty-two now. I think so. It's thirty-two now. Yeah. So, like, hopefully, got a good at least another three years. If he obviously if he decides to stay on when his contract runs out, but hopefully, at least a three three more years of it. I just hope he doesn't have a serious injury because that could, that could, that could finish him, which would be horrible. Well, I, I think probably uh, his career. I think has been quite. He's been lucky with injuries anyway. So. Don't say that! <laughs> <laughs> this is getting clipped, isn't it? Uh. Oh, God. Another individual performance I want to talk about is Jacob Greaves. He's he's so good, isn't he? He's another one who I just don't want to lose. Yeah, he's, he's just... Every, everything is uh-huh. complete, isn't he? He's, he's, complete, he's just a complete centre-back. He could do everything. Right? He'll play for England one day. His positional awareness is just brilliant. He's great with the ball at oh. his feet, great in the air. Just like what what more do you want from a centre back? Like you can obviously alongside Jones as well. You know? Yeah. He'll have to leave City, you know, to play for England because as we know if you play for Old City, that's not ever happening. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Under twenty ones, yeah, but not the main team, not a chance. Yeah, no, to be fair, usually when it's under twenty ones you have to go and learn from a different club. I think Obviously, Keen Lewis Potter played for under 21s when he was with us, but Greaves is on the standby list, but he never got he never got in. Yeah. But with, with Greaves, it's like obviously it's gonna be a lot of, so there'll be a lot of talk in the summer about him leaving and where would you value him at like value him at like 20 mil? Maybe a bit more. No, I'm not letting him go for that little. <laughs> not after, not after what happened with Maguire, not a chance in hell. Yeah, literally two years later, he's he's going for eight to mil. I, I think twenty five. Get a bit of that, to be fair, but even so, can't have that happen again. 
Well, did we at, get a bit of that, or did Ehab get a bit of that? Yeah, that's the thing as well. It wasn't. We technically got a bit of it, but it probably went straight into Ehab's back pocket. But, um, that's an era yeah. gone by, and that's the thing. But when you look at how much players go f- into the champ from the championship to the Premier League, like Adam Water, and how much did he just go for from Black Ben's Palace? Twenty mil. Twenty mil. Yeah. Nineteen years old. I believe more to go way more than that at the moment. He may not be aware. The thing is, what raises value is like the fact he's English and a left foot centre back. English, left footed, centre back. 23 years old as well, so he's like not even close to the prime. The can put on that lad is going to be insane. And the point about players who we could sell for, for more, I had a problem when we let Bowen leave because he had... I think as many or more goal contributions as side Ben Rama. Yeah. Went for no more than 18. Ben Rama this, went for 33. The January Bowen went. He was like the third highest scorer in the division, I think, at the time he actually left. And I think he finished in the third highest goal scorer in the division or something like that. And he he's got like 15 out. goals, hasn't he? Yeah. Got he, 15 he goals in the first half. And I, I yeah. thought I think we should have we should have got more money for Bowen, shouldn't we? Just twenty. Well, I thought it was like twenty. Well, it made twenty-four mil with add-ons or something. Like twenty-four mil or twenty-two. Like under under the Allen regime, there was way too many players who went for way too little. The 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 worst one is still going to always be Andy Robertson, but there was there's plenty of examples other than him. Ten mil. Well, technically, Kevin Stewart and two million. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, like you look at Southampton as well, like it's a team that came off from the Prem. They've like got 150 million for like five players or something, six players. Well, you know, in the summer. Yeah, and then there was like um, I'm trying to think of some of the ones as well. It's Teller as well, and um, yeah. So obviously that shows as a championship could be kind of get big fees for players. But it's like obviously really? when we had the albums, it's like you know, really Liverpool still owes. They should just give us Carvalho and Martin, really. Just give us the a feather in debt, are they? With Kevin Stewart, isn't there? Yeah, I agree with. I totally agree. Kevin Stewart. Speaking of Kevin Stewart, you seen his Instagram? No, I haven't. No, I ignore. I oh, ignore it's, players who have. It's so, away. it's so bad. It's so bad. But what's he doing now? I won't get into that. He's just, he's just in Dubai, like training, not playing football, and but he's like preaching like loads of stuff about um how to look after yourself, and he's like going at people saying you shouldn't go to bed at. You should you should wake up at four a.m. every day and stuff like that. If you wake up at seven, that's too late. That's almost midday. He's like being like real patronizing all the time to people. So yeah, it's, it's just right. Awful. There's oh. an aneurysm there. Seven a.m. is nearly. He said, he, right, so he, he says that he goes to bed at eleven and wakes up at four. It's like five hours eight hours sleep every day. It's a myth from the doctors. I mean, yeah. I don't get eight hours sleep, but I, I, I'll do my best to get more than five. Jeez. Yeah, but he's, he's about like a good health, but then he preaches having five hours out five hours of sleep every day. But yeah. Well anyway, back to from the past, <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I'd bring him up because sick of his Instagram. Kevin Stewart didn't see him after COVID, did we? Didn't see a lot uh, of Moving moving on then. We've covered just about everything, haven't we? We've talked about our goal a bit. Only thing I've got down that I think we it could be worth talking about is 
Finnegan and Zaruri. Swap the wings. Yeah, I was going to bring this up actually yeah. earlier. I think Zaruri's looked okay, but while Phil Jean has played out on the right, he's not had the impact he had before. And I think it is yeah, I, I think Phil Jean is, um, we know what he's got up. We know he loves cutting in. Um, and Zaruri, I'd say, like, in terms of cutting in and producing the end products, probably has not been as good as we'd hoped so far. But he's had, he's had, he has looked promising. But obviously, you know, Phil Jean, dynamite on that left. So I, I'd like to see him back there and put Zaruri on the right. Or even. At least give it a go. Even put even put Irma on on the right. I I I don't mind seeing him out there. Just like Abdus has played more games as a right winger than he has a number ten in, in, over the yeah. course of his career. So I did find yeah, actually so. about about uh, about him. He actually had a hundred percent pass passing. I think on Saturday as well. And he made about forty. He made about thirty five passes and didn't just put a just single up, one wrong. Just, yeah. just, didn't just don't lose the ball, does he? No. I think we've well, got uh, a real gem there, and it's if we two million, on it? two million, two million, well, a hefty sell-on. I was going to say, look at it, look at it this way. In a way, we swapped Cynic for Amer because Cynic went. We essentially got two million for Cynic, I think, I believe. Do you mean Alia? No, oh yeah, Alia got two million for. But look at it as we've essentially swapped Cynic for Amer just because it's the Turkish thing. Quickly, something back to Turkey. Get another Turkish player in. I think we'll see Cynic go in the summer, definitely. Because I don't think we can be in this cycle of homesick, learn him out, injured, learn him out. I, I just don't think we can get stuck in that cycle again. I think. But then, obviously, Airman, obviously, Tufan have shown that because obviously there's been a lot of uh, sort of criticism around the, the Turkish buys. I think like all the players have bought from Turkey, they've not lived up to the expectation, and and they've probably not performed to the level expected, but. Obviously, Tufan would say it's been a success coming from a tech, Turkish background. And I'd say, I obviously, suppose, obviously, Amir so far looks like Tufan, I suppose, he had played in England, which I think... Yeah. Not well, but he had played in England. Yeah. So, the, the, there was that, but in terms of, like, other exports we've got from there, it's, like, probably been criticised a lot, but Amir's showing that there is talent to be on air from there, I guess. It's a market that Adjun's got he's a big player in that market, isn't he? He can, well, one, he's a popular, popular man in Turkey. And two, he's got the the pull of, come on, it's English football kind of thing. So, it's it's a market that we have used and we can continue to use. I still think Adjun might want one from there every so often. But if they're, of a level of a two fan of what emerged shown so far and not a Tete or a Cynic, then we, we can't you, play. Yeah, you, what, what you do question about is like, I'm not, uh, you do question whether if we did have this owner, would we be going for players like that? Probably not, but obviously, Emmer is like so far been brilliant, so I don't mind it. To be honest. I think, had Rossini been our manager straight away, or had we kept McCann. We might have gone for Oscar, but I, that, I think the likelihood of us going for Tete and, oh, and players yeah, like exactly. having that Georgian winger from Hatay Sport, whatever his name was, having him as a, on our list of targets, I don't think that would ever have happened. George, was that a Georgios Mikatao Tadzi or something? No, that was that was a it, that was a striker. When it there was another one, um, it, it was a winger. Um, 
Oh, what was his name? I'm gonna have to Google it. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to Google it. It was. It began with an S. That's it. Saba Lobhanidze from Hatay Sport. You were linked with. He currently plays for Atlanta United at the age of twenty-nine. I mean, there's only one Georgian winger, I'll be honest, I want, and it's uh, Kavaskela at Napoli. Yeah, he'd be all right, wouldn't he? And Shotter had that link, but that's, again, that's an We've been quite reminiscent on this episode, haven't we? Yeah, we've gone into Huddles, Huddleston. <laughs> Huddleston. Yeah, well, I don't want to think about the Shotter era, though, to be quite honest. In some that. cases, it's nice nostalgia. In other cases, it's PTSD. Moving on... Um, Short answer to that, Ian. Do I think we'll ever see Uriel Feli? No. Someone made a good question. Oh, a good question. I can't remember it was. Ah, but I said, I'm starting to get the feeling that Shelley is just an AI-generated human. <laughs> <laughs> His contract's up. A thing about him. His contract's up at the end of next season. We'll never see him. He hasn't got an option. We could bring him in as like a player who wouldn't qualify for a work permit kind of thing if but we really wanted to. He's not a Liam thing. He's not a Liam guy. He's he's he's, he's someone who was... He's a one of a senior player. Liam, yeah, said, a Liam said when he was asked about the signing and stuff like that, he says, we're not... Well, I don't know anything about him. It's the yeah, club. Which because he, he had nothing to do with it. What's the point in having a club project if you're going to give him a two and a half year deal? He's never going to come to the training ground and he's just probably going to leave on a free. What's the point? I assume it, well, I initially assume it, if it had been under Shotter, he probably would have come in this season if they could have got it. Anyway, to sum up West Brom, to round it off, good point. One point gained, two points dropped. For me, it's one gained. Yeah, good, good performance. Two good teams. Yeah. Can't really complain about it, really. Overall, I think I think it, I think it goes off like well, obviously won the three games prior. Had the form been so two losses and a draw, or just like maybe a win and two losses, then we probably would have been like, oh, we really need three points here. But the fact we're in a position yeah. where we can afford to get a point and be still in the top six, it's a good point for me. And considering West Brom are obviously one of the best teams in the division for me, so yeah, I'm happy with it. Yeah, certainly. I think you summed it up perfectly in our in our group chat, Will. It, it was a case of two very, very good championship teams cancelling each other out. And yes, pretty much. That's that's the perfect note to leave it on. Looking ahead to Preston then. One change was made from the winning lineup at Southampton to the West Brom game. That was Slater out and Morton in. What Changes, if any, would you make? Tom, we'll start with you. Put you on the spot. Um, so in terms of defence, obviously, defence and goalkeeper stay the same for me, obviously. Midfield, obviously, Seri and Morton, that stays the same. But obviously, with the attack, it's like, I'd love to see Ohio, I'm not going to lie. I would love to see him come in, but he's not going to, he's not going to be making the squad. So I'd probably keep it the same, to be honest. But if, 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 if I could, then I'd love to see Ohio getting a start. But yeah, it was. I think it was interesting in that the one change that was made for the game was Slater out for Morton because Slater was superb. I thought against Southampton, very surprising to see him dropped in that game. 
And uh, yes, I felt was. the way the way Morton was playing against West Brom, he was very far forward quite a lot. I was surprised how far forward he would go, <laughs> which always felt like something that Slater was always really good at doing. And Morton was never that sort of player a lot of the time this season. So I'd maybe be tempted to just make that one change again and bring Slater back in for Morton. Though when Slater did come on later on, he didn't have the greatest time. He looked quite cold on the pitch, and he obviously gave away the ball quite badly when uh, Reed should have scored and hit the post and then uh, Vyman uh, had his shot saved but I, I mean the only change because I, I don't see why you would change any of that attack especially going away from home Preston will want to be well Preston will be the side that will be forced to be the impetus and will want to I imagine City will try and play like they did against Southampton with the pressing game and I think with the front four as it was that was perfect I think though I'd maybe bring Ohio yeah. to the bench. I'm not sure. I think I'd bring him in just to add that different element up front. I'd bring Ohio onto the bench in place of crucify me, Billy Sharp. Um, a lot of people probably won't crucify you for that. To be fair, there's there's a lot of people who don't like him, and there's a lot of people who do. One of our mates, not that he's listening to this, he'll definitely crucify me if he is. Also, on the off chance, Josh, that you are unlucky, mate. Um, so, yeah, I'd be see if if a striker's going to come in, I'd I, out of the lot of them, I'd drop Zaruri and move Abdushamur wide. Which and a in left here, Cavalier behind. Yeah, think, that's the only one I'd maybe make attacking wise. I think it's. I said it when in uh, in my video when Two Fan and Slater came on. It's incredibly harsh on both of them that they're not, not start that they're not starting the games because Ozan has been this, this he's come on leaps and bounds this season and yes. Slater against Southampton was phenomenal. So it's had such a big obviously saw against Robin how much of an impact he made. He was obviously pressing for the goal. Philogene obviously Roberta like. That was awful. Been really pressing and forcing the opposition to mistakes. He's, he's like got so much fit under Bassinia. Like Tevez is pressing. Like he doesn't look tired. Um, he's probably lost a bit of weight as well. Like he just looks so much better. Probably the best he's been. Liam said Ozan initially when Rosinia came in was really quite miffed at having to do the extra running and put the put the graft in, but. He, he sees he sees why now, and he feels great for it. And like I say, it's incredibly harsh on him that he's not that he's not starting games. Looking at Preston, then four wins in five, three points behind us in eighth place. But like Will said, their goal difference is appalling. Minus five is the lowest in the top half of the table. I quite the, a bit as well. The next worst in the top half is Watford's positive. No, sorry, it's Bristol, Bristol City, City zero. Then Watford positive three. They're a good so, way away at the moment. It's um, almost it's an extra sort of tap. It's almost like a point, yeah. And that's going to hinder them as we come towards season's end. Even if they do go on a really, really good run. Of form, should we just get straight into it then with predictions? Yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that's a Will, I'm going to give you time to think about yours. 
because oh, you always give, you always give it a, a good amount of thought. So well, it's I've got the time because it's a shame we don't have Nathaniel's uh, joint eleven. I imagine it would have oh, been. Oh uh, yeah. Should we it would have been some horrendous, horrendous eldritch horror of a, an eleven, uh, <laughs> but uh, it is a it is an interesting game because it, it's a good marker as well. Should we win it? Because it, cre- it essentially will create such a gap between us and Preston as well that you'd think, well, that probably rules Preston out from overtaking us if we win it. So that probably rules out there'll be one team there straight away. In theory, we have had a decent uh, record against Preston as well. Yeah, no one nostalgia again. No one will ever forget Bowen squeezing it, in, squeezing it in that inside post at home when we beat them four. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Never forget Andy Cannon. Andy Cannon, Tom Eag's back heel assist. Oh, yes, what a, what a moment! What a Soon. moment that seemed like an incredible start to a season, and it ended up being nothing. We thought, oh yes, well, come on, promotion this season with Tommy's what up a, and Andy what a start. in the field. Come on. Uh, uh, yeah. at, the start, at the start of that season, the Irish guy on YouTube, he predicted us to finish second. Oh my Jesus god. Was he all right? No, he's not, is the answer. His predictions are always I, I don't think I've ever predicted us to finish in the top top two since twenty seventeen to eighteen. I've never trusted the Irish guy because of his complete distaste for Paul McShane. So. Yeah, I love Paul McShane. He, he put something out today, a, a roast of every professional, of, of like every football club in the top four divisions. And something about us was like, oh, a welcome to Hull side. It should say welcome to hell. So That I mean, is such an appallingly crap joke. Because no one has ever thought of that one before. Don't worry, every team had a joke that bad. Um, um, but yeah, anyway, oh, line up. I think we'll go for Di Cornell in goal. We'll stick Emil Reese at right back. Um, they've got former Tigers Robbie Brady and Will Keane. He's got his first goal in three years, was it, the other day? Really a lovely effort. Yeah, it was a really good strike, wasn't it? Um, former Hull City target as well under Grant McCann, Ali McCann in their midfield. I mean, Will Keane will probably have a field day because he was never any good for us, so he'll definitely score for them. You'd have to put him up front, I think, in the old combined 11, Will Keane. Oh, yeah, definitely above Philogene. Put, put him in above Philogene. Um, yeah. Uh, well, we'll anyway, my, my, my prediction I've, I've thought about it long and hard really weighed down the positives and negatives and I still think it will be 3-0 the whole city marvellous well thank you for that um, goal scorers or not um, hmm. Zarari will finally smash one of those long range efforts in um a mayor, I'm going to predict a mayor now, I think, every game until he does it because I want to see him do it. <laughs> yeah. And Giles just making a run forward, doing a little one two with someone and just. Like Andy Robertson going in the playoffs against Derby. Which that sort of thing. At the end. Yeah. That went down as an own goal, didn't it? No. I was not thinking of Bonabagios. Yes, I am thinking of Bonabagios. Tom, what are you thinking? I'm going to go. 
Preston one, Hull City three. Okay, I'm a fan of that. I'm a fan of that. Our three. Are you going to go Zaruri, Amur and Giles or something a bit different? Um, I'm going to go with... I'll go Philogene. Um, I'll go Amur as well. I'll go... Let's go Louis Coyle. Get him on the score sheet. Come on. Oh, I've been <laughs> Louis I Coyle. Like you got to say a fullback. Um, Alberto, we sort of... We sort of had a discussion about this earlier on, didn't we? And we but we all sort of said if we play the way we did against Southampton, if that's how we intend to play, keep it relatively as it is. But I do think the um oh yes, Ian. We'll come we'll come to that. Um I just got really excited at Will showing me a comment from Ian on Facebook. Back to um back to Alberto's comment. Some game, like the West Brom game, we all were in agreement that it, we were, that it was crying out for Ohio, but he was sat behind the dugout with his tracksuit on. So, different games need different things. Let's just say that. The Southampton game was executed to perfection. West Brom game could have turned out differently for me if we had Ohio to bring on rather than Sharp or Connolly. Evesy would have made a difference. But Tom Ings, oh, cost on isn't the main difference. The man, the myth, the legend. I mean, <laughs> finally scored again. I've been waiting ages. It's been a long time since our pictures appeared on here. For audio listeners, Will has just Christ uh, has risen. Has just put on the screen a picture of Tom Eves photoshopped onto Jesus. Which what is shop? That's a real painting. <laughs> <laughs> Which is um, I don't think I've used that. I don't think I've used that since the game where Adjun took over. <laughs> That's He did score in that 2 0 with a black bear. George Limon as well. There's um there's another oh, one which I've got saved in in my camera roll. Which yeah. is, I, think I don't think other club. I don't think other clubs realise like it was a cult, like how much of a cult hero he was at Hull City because when you speak to when you speak to Robert fans or they, they think he's crap and they don't like him at all. Whereas with us, like, I, will, when you... I will say I remember the Rotherham when we played Rotherham at our place earlier in the season. I remember we were we were three 0 up. We were already well ahead, and I was just a part of me almost wanted Eves to come because Eves came on. I was like. I really hope he scores. I think if he scores, he might be the only player who has all four stands cheering. I know. Yeah. I I adore Tom Eves. He's such a legend. Like as a bloke, himself. he's so nice, and he he was like you say, Tom, just a cult hero. And I would have celebrated if he scored. And he said he said after the game, he did me a little a little video message, which I was buzzing with at the, uh, at the time and still am. Um, he said he, he said to one of my mates waiting for him after the game, he said, because we, the, we were chanting, Evesy give us a wave. When, when I say we collectively, the North stand was. And he said, had we not been 4-1 down, I'd have done it. Yeah, that was yeah. it. But um, anyway, back to Preston. Although I could talk about Tom Eves all day. I think we'll win 2-1 again. It'll be a late Preston consolation, I think, to... Make it a little bit nervous like the Southampton one was. Goals from 
Alfie Jones, and you know what? I'll join in the fun. Abdushamir as well. Anything else? Anything else wanted to discuss on this one? Oh, might as well mention briefly mention this comment. Um, rumors. I I have heard these rumors elsewhere, but the idea is apparently no no Ohio's had a fall with Rosinia. I mean, we don't know. So it's, it's impossible to know uh, anything I until... I do find it interesting that he's always saying it's, it's just a selection reason for not picking him, which I mean, it may be true, but it feels very sudden yeah. from... You know, selecting he's, not selecting yeah. him, but... he's, he's not going to come out and say like the actual truth, is he? That's, he's got to say like... Yeah. Well, we were, even if uh, that is true, we won't find out until yeah. well in the future. I think obviously Ohio's probably frustrated knowing that he's coming on learning and he's like a young star and he probably expects to be playing. And yeah. Maybe he's not putting Maybe, the work yeah. in, but who knows? I don't. I don't want to assume that something bad's happening at the club at every possible opportunity. When it's just when there's a good thing going as well. Yeah, I mean, it is a weird one with Ohio in it coming on loan. But if he's out of the picture now, imagine what he's going to be when Liam Delap's back fit. He's going to be. Firmly out in the cold, and I say that out of hope that Liam Delap is back fit. It was brilliant yeah, to see him. Nice to see him. I'd love to see him again, whether we do or not. It's another question. Yeah. I asked, I asked him, Liam, do you think we'll, do you think you'll play for us again? He just says, "Oh, we'll see." Uh, interesting. Yeah, one he about, can't, he's not going to say yes or no, is he? To be fair. Interesting one about Liam Delap. He seems to have about seven different autographs depending on what he can be asked to do. So I, they're all in the drawback down there, but he signed pretty me. Certain, pretty certain signed my autograph changes every time I sign something. <laughs> he signed two for me yesterday, which were real scruffy and just like quite simple. But he signed one for me at the start of this year that was absolutely beautiful. So that's autograph psychology for you. We've done everything today, haven't we? We've done nostalgia, PTSD, Tommy's legendary. Um, Uriel Feli and just the outright weird, i.e. Kevin Stewart's Instagram. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on that note, I think that's as good a place as any to end. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Will, Tom, thank you for being superb as always. Cheers, pal. Um, do my best every now and then. <laughs> I hope my, I know, I'm no Nathaniel, I understand that, but I hope my hosting is... No, you're infinitely better. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday to the wee lad, I assume he's still up. Uh, Oh, he's he's, 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 he's still 37 minutes, 37 minutes, Lloyd Happy birthday, Nathaniel, for as long as it's his birthday. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, whether it's live or whether it's since we have switched StreamYard off and got on with our lives, thank you for watching. Is that what you do when we turn this off? Jesus. <laughs> thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, everyone. And we will see you all after the Preston game. And that, for <laughs> your watchers, is Tommy's Jesus for one last time to sign off. Thank you and goodbye.
paydays are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.